You're listening to Fiat Vox, a podcast that gives you an inside look at why people around the world are talking about UC Berkeley. It's produced and hosted by me, Ann Bryce, a reporter for Berkeley News in the Office of Communications and Public Affairs. Of You might recognize this voice. Best selfie taker. Selfies. Often have a million times. It's reality TV star Kim Kardashian using what linguists call vocal fry. It's a kind of low, gravelly voice like I'm doing right now. Other celebrities like Zoe Deschanel, Katy Perry, and Britney Spears are also known for using vocal fry. See, I just said it again there. Critics have said that this relatively new way of talking doesn't sound professional and doesn't command authority. But others say that language is always changing and that this criticism is part of a long history of insulting how women speak. It was part of a history of men in particular, especially men of a certain generation, talking down to women of a certain generation, of a younger generation, about the way that they spoke. That's Tom McEnany. He's a UC Berkeley professor who teaches a class called Sounding American. This is the first of two episodes where we'll look at ideas that he explores in his class, from how the history of sound in the U.S. shapes contemporary popular culture to what it means to sound American and how it relates to U.S. identity. In his class, he brings up what defenders of vocal fry have said. There was this response to say, what you hear as annoying, what you hear as um, immature, what you hear as non-professional, is actually a new way of speaking that carries a lot of prestige for women of a certain generation and, and among um, a cohort of, uh, in that generation. And so this is actually a powerful way of speaking. During the 2016 presidential campaign, a video ran in The Atlantic called The Science of Hating Hillary's Voice. People sometimes say that they would like Hillary Clinton more if her voice was a little bit less annoying. Why does she sound so irritating to some people? Ami Shah, who researches hearing and perception at Cleveland State University, ran an analysis of Hillary's voice for us. According to Shah, Hillary's voice is actually average in pitch and loudness for her age and gender. But Shah did find that some people might perceive Hillary's voice as louder because of the mic effect. Hillary tends to use too much force when she talks into a microphone during big speeches. We have to decide whether we will all work together so we can all rise together. McEnany says the kind of prejudice against Hillary Clinton's voice is defined against a certain standard and norm that developed along with media technologies, starting with the gramophone and the phonograph, that were made with a standardized male physiology in mind. And so women's voices, normative women's voices, were harder to pick up on those instruments. This was true for microphones as well. And so oftentimes in the early history of media, when women spoke over the radio, there would be distortion and noise because the technology was not developed for the range of their voices. He says presidential oratory in the U.S. has a certain standard sound, and engineers are responsible for producing that sound. Good evening, my fellow Americans. We now stand 10 years past the midpoint of a century that has witnessed four major wars among great nations. And in doing that, they make a set of assumptions of what they need to do to make a voice audible. These decisions become the norm of what a voice should sound like. So this 
bias which is built into the media system carries all the way up to the present and these accusations of Hillary Clinton as um, speaking with a voice that's shrill instead of the stentorian male voice of um, a whole tradition of broadcast male broadcast voices um, is shown to have political consequences and, and, and political debates to this day. But now he says we find ourselves in an even more disturbing situation in which our president doesn't want to sound like he has an Ivy League education, which he actually does, and instead speaks and tweets in fits and starts. That there would be such a value placed on a lack of education for people who are making massively important decisions doesn't seem like just the history of popular culture in the United States or the demotic tradition, the democratic tradition, but really something that is against the access to public education, against the access to education for all people so that all people wouldn't have to desire that kind of tweeted speech, um, but could have a diversity of ways of speaking in different social situations. In our next podcast episode, which will come out on Tuesday, McEnany will discuss the concept of white voice and how difference defines the American sound. The United States is, of course, a polyglot country, and it's made up of all of these different languages and speech forms, and that to say that there is an American sound is to suppress 80, 90 percent of the way that most of us speak. Um, and, and that is to say that we speak in all of these diverse ways. For Berkeley News, I'm Ann Bryce. You can subscribe to the Fiat Vox podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. For more UC Berkeley News, you can visit news.berkeley.edu. And if you have a great story idea, send us an email at news at berkeley.edu.